Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as ever, Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? Very, very good, mate. Very good. I'm, 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 feeling, I'm feeling slightly stressed because we, we've got a rush on, haven't we? We've got, to, we've got to get a shift on. We have. So if we can make a point of not saying, uh, um... We should be able to chop. I'll definitely be able to chop about half hour out of my content. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's capable. I'm capable of doing it. Also, can you just like any abbreviate any name that's more than three syllables for you? That's great any- for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's jump straight in then. All right, because what we're going to do, we're going to cast our minds back a little bit to. Uh, to we want to talk about the PFL, and obviously there was two. Uh, Two, two fights from Great Britain uh, in in that, and I want to talk about this weekend's uh, uh, Holland Orlando. Boy. Uh, in- incredible. Um, and you messaged me last night saying we should talk about the James Krause situation, uh, which I hadn't heard of. Uh, I, I don't know where my head had been, but it had, it had just passed me by. I had a quick look last night, but I, I need you to sort of fill in some blanks and and uh, and discuss the uh, the madness surrounding that situation. But first of all, um, do, do you want to? I mean, tell us a little bit about the, um, the, the the PFL because I know you know you're 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 a big fan of PFL and as as am I. Yeah. But I know you've done work with them and stuff like that. So give us a a bit of a synopsis of them them two big fights. Obviously, we had two former guests on. Yes, we did. I mean, I did watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't expecting to talk about it, so I've not got any notes or anything like <laughs> that. I've only got to talk about the results, yeah. obviously, um, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, it was a fantastic card. I mean, they, they had long cards of PFL. They had, like, a seven or eight fight main card because they've got six title fights where the winners all get their million dollars. But on top of that, they had, like, Marlon Marais fighting Shaman Marais, which ended badly for Marlon Marais, and maybe another fight as well. I don't know. There's seven or eight fight main card. It was, it was long. It's long. Um, but in, let's keep it down to, well, I've got to mention Kayla Harris and Larissa Pacheco because, oh, my God, if anyone had any accumulators or what the Americans call parlays in their gambling or whatever, your lock of the night was probably Kayla Harrison and it did not work out. It's like her first loss. It's a woman. Uh, Larissa Pacheco is a woman that Kayla's beaten twice in the past. 
This was a, a shoe in surely, but Larissa Pacheco has done a lot of great work. She's had a phenomenal season this season, uh, knocking out everyone she's fought up until this point, I think. And in, in really quick, devastating fashion as well. But Kayla's just so dominant, her grappling, her wrestling. But Pacheco was just, even when she was taken down, she did not stop. She was peppering with little strikes, trying to get back to her feet, hitting her with elbows. It was really, really something special. And God bless Kayla Harrison in the interview afterwards. She was, you know, she was saying all the right things and she really does have the heart of a champion. But she, you could tell she was incredibly upset by by the fact that she had lost. Um, so congratulations to Larissa Pacheco. It was not the night people thought it would be in terms of the main event. But the two Brits that were on the card had uh, differing fortunes. Um, Unfortunately for Stevie Ray, he was up against a fellow UFC veteran, uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier, and Mercier just knocked him out with, I think, look back on it now, it was a left hook, and, and Stevie Ray Stevie Ray got got up after, obviously, being knocked out, went straight over to Aubin Mercier and said, what did you hit me with? Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, but we love Stevie on this show. Stevie's fantastic. He's had a better season than anyone expected him to have, especially after Absolutely. his first fight, which he lost. He's beat Anthony Pettis twice, and one of those was at Madison Square Garden. It's a pretty good season, and he's got to the final. It's a shame he didn't uh, didn't win it. Lovely bloke, but unfortunately, you know, this is this is MMA. These things happen. Yep. And Olivier and Mercier is no joke. He's a very, very, very good fighter. Um, and it was in a round, as I think it was round two, when Stevie was dominating that round. He had his yep. back for ages. You really thought it was going to go Stevie's way. Unfortunately, it didn't. But the star of the night for the UK was Brendan Lochnan? Lochnane? People say it in different ways. Loch, I, think, I don't think it is Lochnane. I keep hearing other people's podcasts, particularly a certain Irishman named Sean Sheehan, who is fed up of people saying Lochnane. I think it's Lochnan or Lochnan. I don't know. But however you say it, he's brilliant. He's a million pound richer because he finished Bubba Jenkins in, I think, the fourth round. Uh, I mean... He's a great fighter, uh, uh, Brendan, because he he's very fan-friendly. Most of his fights, he wants to keep it on the feet. He's not got that kind of one-shot knockout power, but he's got fantastic cardio, and he will keep coming forward. He hits you with volume, and he broke Bubba Jenkins, even though I think Bubba opened him up at one point. It was a, a really um, difficult fight for the first maybe round and a half, maybe for Brendan, and then he just started to pull away and pull away and... You could tell that the cardio was there. The striking was on point. He, he's got the mouth to back it up. Tuffy. He talks really well, Brendan. Yeah. We've had him on the show. You can go back and yeah. listen to that episode. He talks really well. PFL have got a bit of a star in the making on their hands oh, here. And, and I think he could do really well in the PFL. I know they're doing some really fun stuff coming up uh, where they're doing these special uh, um, pay-per-view events where I think there might be like super fights and like, crossovers with other promotions there's bellator versus ryzen coming up soon i think the pfl will probably want to get involved in that maybe do something with bellator one championship any of these things could be really really fun and i think brendan will be the guy that could be one of the uh the poster boys of uh of the pfl from now on not if i mean he sort of was already particularly in the uk i remember when channel four got the rights he was there with clarissa shields and kayla harrison he was you know the face for for the uk pfl scene so best of luck to him. Phenomenal stuff. And he's a million pounds richer now. Nice. Um, someone else from the UK that shocked the world um, was my sister-in-law. Oh, yeah. I want to talk, talk about, about it. That. Yeah, do it. 
do it because again, I, I haven't. Other than what you've been posting every sure. now and again, I, I and, and you know I don't follow boxing too much. But yeah, tell us about it. So my sister-in-law um, is a boxer called Nina Hughes, and uh, and Nina had a, a, a very impressive. Uh, amateur career um, was shortlisted for, and, and went on all the uh, the camp with the Olympic team, uh, but lost out to Nicola Adams in going to that Olympics. Um, I've heard obviously, of her. You know, yeah, she's she's not bad, is she? That Nicola Adams. She's done all right. She's done. <laughs> she's all, done I'll all tell right. you what. She hasn't done. She hasn't won a world title. Oh, uh, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> Got to stick up for my family, and I. Um, but yeah, and, and Nina had this incredible career uh, as an amateur. Uh, and you know, won multiple um, belts and stuff, and then took a took some time out and had children, uh, had two children, and then at the age of thirty nine, after watching uh, lots of, of, of boxing, thought, do you know what? I reckon I could do all right. And at thirty nine, applied for a professional license. This was last November, uh, and within a year, has uh, gone on a tear uh, and won four fights. And then two weeks ago, um, after a, a, a bit of a, she's she's not someone that's going to get caught or pulled into trash talking, but that the, the, the American champ put on Twitter was no one want to fight me, and Nina went on Twitter much much against what she wanted to do. A coach was going, just call her out, and uh, and so Nina being Nina just went, uh, I'll fight you. And uh, and then the the, the the American champ just gave her loads of abuse. Said she was going to break her neck and stuff like that. And Nina's like, I just. Said I'll fight you, and uh, and then Eddie Hearn chimed in and said, "If you win your next fight, Nina, I'll make it happen." Uh, and then Nina uh, knocked a girl out in two rounds, uh, and yeah, turned forty, and then got flown to Dubai about four weeks after her last win. Got the shot for the WBA uh, bantamweight championship of the world. Uh, r- massive underdog uh, and schooled this American boxer and and got the decision. And, yeah, Great Britain has a new WBA bantamweight champion of the world. And oh, I want a it, sound effect board <laughs> so I can just be like, woo, yeah. It's a fantastic oh, story. What it was story. amazing. It was. And, and straight away after that, Eddie Hearn said, it's like a real-life Rocky story, this. Uh, I'm going to make some big fights for you this year. So, um oh. At 40 years of age, you know, to, to win the, the, the world title. Uh, and, yeah, it was uh, – obviously, I'm, I'm biased, but uh, I was crying, absolutely crying. My eyes out, blew my mind. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, she's, uh, she's home and, uh, yeah, and let's see what, what comes that way. So, yeah, a little bit of boxing news there for you because, you know, we've – we, we, obviously, with, with Katie Taylor and with Nicola Adams, you know, there's there's a lot more, you know, attention, you know, on 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 women's boxing, and there's some incredible fighters out there, um, and and yeah, and, and my sister-in-law's one of them. If they make uh, like a, a Hollywood remake kind of movie of this, you know how like all the characters in real life, you know, the people that play them are usually like younger and more handsome. Are yeah. you going to be all right if I play you? Is that yeah, sure. I'll be, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like Paulie. I'll be the fat, like, alcohol-ridden, <laughs> washed-up wreck. That'd be me. Yeah, and you, you can play a younger, better-looking me. That'd be great, yeah. yeah. All right, wicked. Sounds good. <laughs> 
No, All right, that's so yeah, a wonderful I wanted... story. Congratulations! I know, I know. To Ahead of her next fight, we'll, we'll get her on to uh, to tell her story. And uh, I know this is an MMA one, but she's got a great story, and it'd be lovely to to get her on and uh, and introduce her to our listeners. But tell me all about James Grass. Oh well, from a fantastic, heartwarming story to something much darker and oh god yeah it's it's not great um it sounds grotty man it's pretty grotty i mean look first and foremost nothing has been like legally found out yet sure but cast your mind back a few weeks uh derek minner was in a fight oh i can't remember his name against like this something like nulam beke or something like that I, i can't remember but there was very weird betting lines apparently for this fight. Um, what I'm does that mean? Uh, so, so like, so the odds makers are, are going. I know nothing well, about gambling, so well, neither neither do I really. This is where yeah. probably my knowledge falls apart. But if you are into gambling, you might be able to fill in the blanks for us or for yourself. So the the bookies, the bookmakers, they're making their betting lines based on obviously they want to make the underdog. Um, Someone that, that that people put more money on, so they give them better odds and all that kind of stuff. And the favourite, they want to shorten that as much as possible, because if everyone puts money on it, they don't want to be out of a job. Um, so the betting line started moving incredibly weirdly. Derek Minner's opponent, uh, all of a sudden, had loads and loads and loads of money put on him, not just to win but to win in the first round by a stoppage. Now, this guy hadn't knocked anyone out for a very, very, very long time. He hadn't got a stoppage. He was not like some big, amazing fighter or anything like that. Probably a maybe even match with Minna, maybe. I'm not sure. But the the, the amount of money getting put on this guy was very, very suspicious. Then in the fight, Derek Minna throws like one kick, goes down holding his knee, Clearly got an injury. No fake injury. Clearly got a real injury here. And people are like, ah, his opponent's won by first round stoppage. That's interesting, given all the money that was put down on him out of nowhere when the guy has no kind of track history of finishes like this or anything like that. So then I think the fight took place in Ontario, in Canada maybe. All of a sudden they've come out and said, we will no longer be taking bets on UFC in Ontario. The, the kind of gambling board said we're not taking bets in Ontario anymore. Then Alberta, Canada came out saying the same thing. So the UFC are like, oh, this is potentially going to be a problem here. They banned James Krause from the corner in like the next week's fight. So there's one fighter that had James Krause scheduled to be in his corner. Krause wasn't allowed to be there. Then it's come out that. Um, the UFC or Hunter Campbell, I think it is, who's the, the head chief of operations for the UFC, put out a statement a few days back saying no fighter from James Krause's gym, I think it's Glory MMA, and no fighter coached by James Krause in any way will be eligible to fight in the UFC anymore. That's huge. So as I mean, much as I, I, there's no, there's nothing legally has been found yet but clearly the investigation required a a big move from the UFC to try and make sure that they look like they're doing all they can to stamp down on the fact that the theory would be that so i've probably 
probably gone too far here, but the theory of the fight is that Derek Minner knew he had a really bad injury, went into the fight anyway, because we know that fighters of that level aren't paid enough. So he went into the fight to get his money anyway. And either Kraus or someone else behind the scenes, allegedly it seems like people think it's Kraus, must have put a shed load of money on their own fighter to lose. Or at the very least, told a bunch of people to put money on the fact that Derek Minner's not going to last more than a round. Whether Derek Minner was actually involved in it or not, subject to investigation. And whether Kraus was actually involved in it or not, is subject to investigation. But the UFC have come out and said now, no one from that gym can uh, fight in the UFC anymore, which has got big implications going forward. Because I think the first pay-per-view in January of next year, first pay-per-view of next year, involves Brandon Moreno, who trains from Krause's gym. So what the hell is going to happen there in the Figueredo Moreno 4 fight? I have no idea. Is Moreno going to find another gym? I mean, I can't imagine he'd be hard up finding another gym. I mean, he's an interim champion, former undisputed champion, and he seems like the loveliest guy in the world. Any gym would want him to be part of their team. And also, if there's corruption in his gym, he's not going to want to be associated with that. I mean, make no mistake, like, if Krauss is found guilty of this, like, people are going to fly that nest rapid because there's people that are, yeah. you know, James Cross has got a big team now and yeah. they're all legit prospects in all manner of organisations and they're not going to go, oh, well, okay, well, look, um, we're, we're in this camp so we're just never going to fight again. They're, they're all going to yeah. jump ship and, and I don't know how whether they're just trying to penalise Cross for this and make sure, he, you know, he's redundant because basically yeah. everybody's going to leave that gym and that gym will be no more. Well, yeah, I mean, fighters obviously can still fight as as it stands. I don't think Bellator, PFL, any of those have, have had any said anything about it. Um, it's just the UFC. It's all pending an investigation as well. If he's found not guilty, then it may very well be the case that they lift the ban on James Krause. You would think they would. Um, but God, what? It's, it's, he's effectively been blacklisted. He's not been found guilty yet, but it makes you think either... The something has come up that the people in the know know and they're like, the investigation will find him guilty. So it's better to act now before other gambling commissions start stop taking bets on UFC because that would be quite damaging for the UFC and the sport in general. Um, and- the things with corruption, obviously we know full well that boxing is riddled with corruption. Yeah. And there is obviously corruption in, in MMA. Of course there is when you've got people fighting and... You know, and there's such huge money in it. There will always be elements of corruption. But if something is high profile like that, that all of a sudden, you know, commissions are, are, are stamping down and going, "No, you're not. You're no longer taking bets on on the UFC." Then they need to be hard on that because, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's their brand, isn't it? They can't be seen to be going light on something like that. And and you know, if if James Grass is innocent, then fuck me, that's that's rough. But if he's mm. guilty, then they're going to make a massive example of him. Well, I mean, the uh, one of the biggest sponsors of the UFC is DraftKings. They're a gambling site. The sponsors of the BT Sport coverage of the Bet UFC, fair. I think a Bet365, I think. Hmm. Bet365, I think, sponsor that coverage. If you're not allowed to bet on the UFC, 
well, the, the, those people aren't going to invest in your product because the whole thing is they want people to bet on the the fights so they can make their their sponsorship money back. Crazy. So it's a hu- it's a huge huge um, thing that you know might run and run. Who knows how long it's going to go? If James Krause is innocent, God, your heart goes out to him because this is just he's been blacklisted and this will never be forgotten. But if he's guilty, man, what a stupid thing to do. I was what a big fan of James Grass as well. Oh, uh, he yeah, was becoming in, in, in one of the tough, best young coaches. He was great, going. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, solid career. And he was, you know, obviously, like you say, like a legit one of the, one of the you know, the, the, the real good coaches that was coming through. But, yeah. But, I mean, don't I think, get me wrong. Like, if, if there's people gambling on their own fires. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To lose. Fuck that, man. Hey, yeah, it's ter- terrible look. Um, I think also the UFC have put out something now that like, was saying like no one involved in the UFC in any way can make bets, which... I was talking to my brother about this the other day as I was kind of like, well, yeah, I can see the benefit of that. But he was like, yeah, but if you're a fighter on one of those smaller things and you want to bet on yourself to win to earn more money, and I was like, that's a good point. If you're betting on yourself to win, as long as you're not picking around or stuff like that, because if you don't want to like, you don't want Sean O'Malley fighting someone that he's clearly going to beat and going, I'm going to make this round two rather than round one. But if you're just betting on yourself to win, I don't think there's necessarily a problem with that as long as you're not going by a certain way or in a certain round. But I don't know. Maybe it's just cleaner and easier to go, no one can place a bet. If you work here, you cannot place a bet. And there you go. That's it. So that's where we're at right now. Who knows what the investigation is going to unearth. Maybe it'll unearth something even bigger, some crazy corrupt thing. I I don't know, but certainly interesting. It's been a a week of it because... Even the fighters that you think are squeaky clean. We're talking about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson here. We find out at the weekend, got done for skinny dipping. What the hell's going on with the world? <laughs> Go on, Wonderboy. Get arrested for skinny dipping. Love it. I love that man so much. Um, look, look, that, 
Yeah, go we, on. We got to move on, right? We'll, we'll yeah. move on to, uh, to to last Saturday's card, <laughs> and uh, and I think we should start at the very top uh, with, oh, with, with yeah. Wonder Boy and Kevin Holland. We've, you know, uh, there, there was talk of is this fight of the year. I, I'm not so sure of that, no. but it's definitely it was. not up there with Hamzat Burns or Yuri Glover or anything like yeah. that. But it was it a was really thrilling. fun fight, thrilling, and fun I fight. didn't think it was gonna be. Neither did you I. Know, I thought are we just going to get Wonder Boy just, just staying out of trouble, and and I think we, it, the first round looked like it could have been that, but then a oh, few times yeah. he got clipped, and then I think he just thought, right, I'm going to bite down on the gum shield here, and and I'm going to get stuck in a bit, and and then we just got the the, the, the chat was brilliant. I loved the fact that yeah. they were chatting and high fiving. Uh, you know, subsequently finding out that uh, Holland said like, let's keep this standing. Like, yeah. I mean, if you've got a comfort you hear him fighter in the like corner, Kevin Holland. In the no? corner saying, God, that old guy's fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we love Wonder Boy and you've got that karate style versus that comfort. It was like a computer game. It was perfect. Uh, and the fight just unfolded into just a fantastic high-level strike fest. And I loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I, it was exactly what I wanted from that fight. I went into it not expecting that because my thing recently has been I feel like Wonder Boy's age has caught up with him a bit. I think he isn't as fast, as quick, as explosive as he used to be. And that was his the main aspects of his game. He's still obviously a very technically gifted striker, but I think he lacks that pop that he, he used to have. And that's why I think he's been taken down a lot. His defensive wrestling is just a little bit slower than what he used to be. And that's why the Bilal's, the Gilbert Burns have kind of run through him a little bit. But this was exactly what you want from a Wonderboy fight. I'm putting it out there now. Do not book Wonderboy against any wrestlers ever again. Solely book him. Solely book him against strikers because we get nights like that. And it was excellent. Kevin Holland didn't do himself any favors. He could have mixed in a takedown. I know Kevin Holland... His wrestling isn't amazing, but... BJJ even Black the, Belt. Yes, even the threat of the takedown could have been helpful, you know. First round, though, Holland... It, first round sort of went how I thought the fight might go. I didn't expect it to go to the ground. I thought it'd be a stand-up fight. But I thought Holland's power would get to Wonderboy. And it did in that first round. Holland won that 100%. first round. He cut Wonderboy open really badly, hit him with some nasty elbows. And Wonderboy's strikes just seem to bounce off of Holland and not really give him any trouble. Pretty much for, for, for you know, for three and a half rounds, I thought that was the case. I didn't think Wonderboy was ever going to stop him because Kevin Holland's chin's unreal. It, his chin is unreal. And it, but, but there were moments in the fight where you were like, oh, you've been rocked. Round two, Holland got rocked and you could see it and it happened again and again. Um, but yeah, but the chin on him was, was phenomenal. Um, there was, and the liver. And the liver. Well, that's what I thought really done him. When when it got to like the, I, I think it was the fourth round where Wonderboy buried two left body kicks in into um, uh, Holland's ribs and you could see Holland wilt a bit. And it was shortly after that that they had that weird moment where Dan Mergliotta waved off mm. the fight thinking that Holland had basically like verbally tapped but he hadn't. He was just complaining about a groin strike, which, to mm. be honest, I was like, I heard on the commentary them saying, well, if you hit on the belt line, that is illegal. That is too low. But it was nowhere near the cup. So uh, 
Uh, it didn't seem like a groin strike to me. It just seemed like he was really badly hurt to the body. And then he mm. took another punch to the body and was just like, oh, God, I am absolutely buggered. Mm. Um, but that was paused. Holland only took a little bit of time. He could have taken way more time. And then he just got back into the fire. Um, and then the fight was stopped by his corner between rounds four and five. Credit to the corner. Mm. Good on you. I don't know if Holland asked for the fight to be stopped. When you look at the edit of the um, uh, the, the, the the footage, it's like Holland said, can you take this glove off me? And when I was watching it with my brother, we were kind of like, oh, is that him saying to the corner, I'm done? But then I've heard other things and I'm like, I wonder if the camera was on Wonder Boy, the corner have said, we're going to stop this. And after that, Holland has said, take the glove off me then, because he broke his hand. His hand was was broken at some point during the fight as well, which obviously didn't help him. You, they, you see him take his his wrap off, didn't you? They cut his wraps off right at the yeah. very end of the, the show, and like literally, I think I think Wonder Boy was with him, and yeah. I think you just hear Wonder Boy go "Whoa!" and then like you just got a split second, and it just cut to credits, and it was like, "Oh, I just wanted to see how bad yeah. that hand was." But it, it was looked pretty swollen. I saw like an Instagram picture saying it was pretty bad. He was a one-handed fighter for probably rounds sort of three and four, I think. I still don't think that would have changed things. Do you think? Don't get me wrong; he would have obviously been more dangerous, could have caught him. But I felt like Wonder Boy had his number. I, I really thought that was 100%. phenomenal performance. Those spinning heel kicks—you were like, "Oh, to that!" Like amazing. Again, credit Holland's chin, but it was it was super interesting. Um, I think because we're short on time. We should maybe just flick to what do we think is next for Wonder Boy? Do you have any thoughts on what you want? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 
What do you want? Because you obviously do. Oh, big time. All right, so I have wanted for ages Michelle Pereira versus Wonderboy. That is, if we don't get that fight in the UFC at some point, it's a travesty. That will be yeah. the most fun fight. However, that is not my pick, Stuart Whiffin. Okay. My pick is Jorge Masvidal. What do you think of that? I'll explain why in a minute, but what's your initial thoughts? I would never have considered that, but that is tasty. That is tasty, isn't it? They fought before back in like 2017 or something. Wonderboy won. Masvidal was spoken about wanting that fight back. Um, It's a great thing because it gives two veterans that are big names, really fun fighters. It gives them a showcase against each other. So one of them can then go on from there and maybe do something fun. You've got loads of options. Now's the time to make that happen. Off the back of that performance, now's the time. Now is the time for a few reasons. One, Leon Edwards versus Usman will be coming up probably spring of next year. As much as every... Hamzat should be fighting Colby soon, hopefully, if that goes ahead, blah, blah, blah. But if Hamzat can't make the weight, or do you know what? If Hamzat does make the weight, and if Hamzat beats Colby, do you know what's a more fun fight than Hamzat versus Leon if he wins against Usman? Go on. Leon getting back against Masvidal after the three-piece and a soda incident. Make that for the better. And I know a lot of people will probably be listening to this going, how can you give Masvidal a title shot over Hamzat Shemaev? And I'll make you right. You shouldn't, from a meritocracy standpoint, you should not give Masvidal a title shot over Hamzat Shemaev. You shouldn't do it. But the UFC are probably still very pissed off with him with how he made the Nate Diaz situation happen at 279 and the weight miss. There's no guarantee he can still make that weight. Um, so do you know what? Set this fight up, and even if he beats Colby and makes the weight, you can still go, do you know what, mate? Chill out for a bit. You can fight the winner of Edwards Masvidal, because that's still a really fun, epic fight with a great backstory to it, a fight that should have happened a while ago. From a biased kind of British MMA fan point of view, it gives Leon an easier title defense than uh, mm-hmm. than Hamzat, because yeah. I don't think anyone beats Hamzat at the moment if he... Uh, if he's firing and, uh, and and actually making weight and stuff. Yeah, that's the key. That's so so I, I, I'm here for it. And, and if Wonderboy wins, they're great. Wonderboy's had a great fight against a highly ranked guy. I can't see Wonderboy going for the belt at any point unless he gets the kind of Michael Bisping treatment. If he mm-hmm. if he's beaten uh, Holland, beats a Masvidal, maybe fights someone else as well, like a Michelle Pereira or someone like that, he's on a free fight win streak and something happens at the top where... A Hamzat can't make weight or someone gets injured or something like that. You could give Wonderboy the Bisping treatment, phone him yep. up on two weeks' notice. Do you want to come in for this? He's got to take it because he's got no other chance of touch shot. He's going to be 40 next year for crying out loud. Give the man the shot because I love Wonderboy. And also the other thing with the Masvidal fight, you've got the BMF versus the NMF. So it. It, it writes itself. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, RDA, you... Barbarina? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Totally weird fight. Uh, why I don't know why you booked this fight when it's like Barbarina is not a ranked welterweight. RDA is a ranked lightweight. I just I didn't see the point of it. But sure, it was a fight. It went RDA's way because RDA is a better fighter. But good performance. I mean, he's got a great resume. RDA. He's sort of. But does that do everyone. anything for that resume? It's another W. But does that put him no, in any really. better position? No, I wonder if he's like, he knows he's not going to win a belt anymore. He's been beat by all the welterweights that are above him, like the Colbys, the Usmans, the Leon Edwards. They've all beat him. I can't see him any getting anywhere near 
Makachev or, or any of those guys, really. Um, call that so, I, I don't like the call. Well, no, do you know what? He, no, he should make that call out. That's the call out he should have made. Good on him. I just don't think that fight happens. Um, no. When he's performing like that, I don't think Connor thinks, yeah, let me get in there with him after a few years off. And obviously he's got a, a lot of people making jokes about the fact that he's probably on steroids at the moment to look as big as he does. That may be true. Um, he's got. He's not in the USADA testing pool at the moment. He's got to get back into the USADA testing pool. I mean, Connor's next fight looks like it could be Artem Lobov. Have you seen all of that? The <laughs> yeah. lawsuit over proper 12. I'll tell you what, though. The conspiracy theorist in me is like, imagine if Connor and Artem are like, look, Artem, you're not making any money now. You've done your BK, your bare knuckle thing. Mm-hmm. No one's calling you for money. I need a tune-up fight because things aren't going great for me at the moment and I've been out of action for so long. Let's concoct some fake beef. You can sue me for proper 12. I'll pay your lawyer bills. Don't worry about it. And then what we'll do is we'll make this fight. The UC, UFC will re-sign you for like one fight. You'll earn the biggest payday you'll ever earn. And this is my gift to you, Artem. I'll just, you know I'm better than you. So I'll smash you around the octagon for a few rounds. And, uh, and you can walk away with like a couple of million quid, which you'll never get anywhere else from any other fight. And then we can go and have some drinks together afterwards in the bar. Sounds good, doesn't it? I'm down with it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that I necessarily want to see it. I'm just saying, if you're Artem and Connor, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe yeah. you make the Artem Lobov Connor McGregor fight. I mean, I don't know. It probably won't happen. But it's I, it, Connor needs, I think. A, I think he does sort of need a bit of a gimme fight just to shake the cobwebs out. And then fight some so you know, who knows? And I'm not saying that it would be written down that like Artem's gonna take a dive or anything like that. I just think mm. Connor knows he's better, they'll have a fight, he's bigger than him as well. They're just you know, mm. that's that's just the way it'll go. Tuivasa Pavlovich. Fucking hell, Blake. What a, what a minute. <laughs> Spit it, huh? I mean it was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is what happens when you've got someone like Ty who can really take a punch and give as huge power, but is not the most technically gifted striker. When he comes up against someone that is maybe not equally powerful, but very, very, very powerful. Fuck me, but he's powerful. But he's more technical, I think. This is what happens. That bite down and swing back from Ty was just pissing in the wind, wasn't it? It was was nowhere near it. What was landing on him was (laughs) devastating. What a statement. Yeah. I mean, but Pavlovich, I think he's slowly but surely just going, yeah, I'm here too, guys. Like, his only loss was on his UFC debut to Alistair Overeem. And we've spoken before about UFC debuts and how difficult they can be. We'll talk about that in our next episode, which will be out um, very soon for 282. The Ankaliyev, his only loss was Paul Craig in, um, mm. in his UFC debut. Debuts are tricky in the UFC. The lights are on you. The pressure's on. Pavlovich's only loss was to Overeem. Other than that, he's, uh, he's won 17 fights. 17 fights. I can't remember how many in the UFC, but 17 fights he's won. One he's lost, and that was that debut. He's been just slowly going about his business without the kind of the praise or the hype of, of the Cyril Garns or the Tommy Aspinalls and people like that. But he's there and he means business and he's a big, big problem. He has, you know, 
a kind of a Greco-Roman wrestling background that he doesn't even seem to use very often. He hits hard. He's got a good chin. Um, I don't know. In terms of uh, the future for him, Ngannou Jones seems to be the fight that's going to be made. We had Adam Catcher on the show, another great episode you can go back and listen to. We had him on the show recently, and he was saying he's very confident Ngannou Jones happens within the first kind of four or five months or something of next year. That means I think I would really think you should be doing Garn versus Blades, but Pavlovich mm-hmm. is there. Pavlovich could take on any one of those guys, and people Garn probably Blades won't is the fight. Definitely, I, I think that's the fight that leaves um, Pavlovich in a slightly iffy position because Aspinall's injured, and you know that, that there's not a huge amount in front of him that he can do. Stepe's not going to fight him. Like if Stepe was up for just fighting anyone, sure, give him Stepe, great fight. But I don't think Stepe's fighting for anything other than a belt. Yeah. Uh, He's just, he's not going to be bothered with it. So it only really leaves Alexander Volkov, who won his last fight. Uh, I can't remember who that was against. Was it like Rosenstrike or, or something? Um, but I think maybe Alexander Volkov, Russia against Russia, that could be a fight that, that's, that's made. Equally, if anything goes wrong in that heavyweight division, if Garn, Blades, Nganu, Jones, if any of them have a problem, get injured, any of that stuff, Pavlovich is right in that conversation now. And uh, he's only about 30 years old, which is really young for a heavyweight. I think Tommy Aspinall's only, he's about similar age, I think. They've got these young heavyweights coming through that really mean business. And uh, yeah, I think, watch out. No, no one's going to be wanting to fight Sergei Pavlovich anytime soon. No, that, that sent a message out, that performance. He Massively. just walked through him. Uh, yeah, terrifying. I don't know where that leaves Ty now. I just fun fights. You know, people like him, don't they? And uh, he, he's got fighter. some charisma. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, Dorcas versus Rosenstrike is coming up this weekend yeah. at UFC 282. The winner of that, or, or 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 maybe even the loser of that, he could fight either of those guys. They're both uh, both strikers. Ty could potentially get a win there. You know, that could be a fun fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else on this card we uh, we want to touch on? We did see that um, uh, Mark D. Casey uh, took a took a loss, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Against... It was a it was a weird one, wasn't it? That uh, D. Casey seemed to dominate a lot of that first round. Then he uh, it sounds horrible to say, but it's like he sort of let Johnson back into the fight a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know, it was a strange one. And then I, I found the reaction at the end very strange. I, I thought Johnson clearly won rounds two and three. And Dear Casey was like pointing to himself like, yeah, I've, I've done this, I've won. And then looked shocked by the result. And I was like, I don't know what you're shocked about. It was strange. I don't know, I, just, I found it strange. And he's been on such a tear lately. And, yeah. you know, I'm a Dear Casey fan. I, I think he's a really... Um, a really great fighter. He's got fantastic striking, but he's also got some good wrestling as well, particularly for a UK-based fighter. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame, that one. It's a very, yeah, it, it was a strange fight for in that way. Um, a couple of other notes before we, we wrap. Uh, another win for Clay Guida. Amazing. The guy just keeps coming, just keeps coming. He's going nowhere. Always fun. Uh, and former guest of the show, uh, an absolute uh, delight. Uh, Angela Hill got a W uh, yes. headline in the, the prelims. A couple of other things I do think we should mention. Uh, it, Roman Delize. Oh, my mm. God. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, unranked, took a fight against Jacko Mansion at short notice, 
winds up getting a phenomenal finish. I've never seen that before. That weird yeah, it kind was of like insane, it was wasn't insane. it? This weird kind of like grappling exchange, which got him in some kind of like calf slicer situation where he had Hermanson face down and then was just able to batter him, and Hermanson couldn't get out of it. Hermanson's a fantastic grappler, and he just had Hermanson in a situation where he was like, "You cannot move. I'm just going to hit you until the ref pulls me off." Now, yeah, it it was really amazing. Like it was yeah. really really special. I, we've Got something really interesting with Roman Delize there now, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to what he does next. Terrible call out now. D- calling out Hamzat Shemaev, who's in the weight class below. You've heard Dana say he wants to make the Colby fight. And if Hamzat goes up in weight, he's talking about fighting Pereira. He's not going to want to fight you ranked eighth. Like, it's just mm. not going to happen. If Hamzat goes up to middleweight, he's fighting either Pereira or Robert Whittaker mm. or Paolo Costa if he were to beat Robert Whittaker, which yeah, can't imagine happening. Um, so, yeah, terrible call-out. The person who he should have called out was Marvin Vittori. Yeah, Marvin 100%. Vittori is not fighting for a belt anytime soon. He needs fights. He's higher ranked. He's a name. People want to watch Vittori fight. Call out Vittori. That's what you should have done. So that's the, mm. the, the moment that he sort of let himself down there. But the performance in the octagon in the fight was unbelievable. Really fantastic. And I've never seen that before. And I'm never. always a big... If I've never seen it before and you show it to me, I'm a fan. So now I'm a Absolutely. Roman Delite fan. Bad, bad um, night for Jack O'Manson. Obviously, he was meant to have been yeah. fighting Derek Brunson in that that yeah. match, wasn't he? Yeah. And uh, oh my god, like you think you'd had a lucky escape not fighting Derek Brunson, and you get that. And look oh. at that. What? What? Like you say, there was nothing he could do. He was just locked up there with just yeah. being punched in the head until the ref was like, right, you're move. done." Yeah, uh, yeah, unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the only other fight on the card I think might be... Oh, well, the, the, first of all, I just want to say Roe versus Price was an absolute banger, really fun fight, but Roe did miss weight, so that's why he wasn't eligible for any kind of bonuses. He looked bonuses. huge compared to Nico yeah. Price. Yeah, he did. He did, but he missed weight by just, just a couple of pounds, but, uh, mm. but he missed weight. Um, but the fight I would like to mention, because I think it has some really interesting things going on in the future, is uh, uh, Nicolau versus Schnell. Yeah. Um, Matt Schnell, God bless him, to make weight, shaved all his hair off, shaved, shaved his, his hair chest, off, didn't he? shaved his hair, shaved his chest hair, just to make weight. But it, it didn't do him any favours. Um, Bald Schnell got beat, and uh, Nicolau was just faster, better on the feet. Dropped Schnell about three times in the fight before it was stopped. Nicolau looks like a real problem. Um, but the other thing is that the last fight on his contract. Um, you would think he can get a bigger payday now and uh, and the UFC will bump up his contract and he'll, he'll still be there because I think he's ranked fifth or something like that, uh, Nicolau. Uh, but it's difficult for the 125ers because a lot of other people in other weight classes, they can go to PFL, they can go to Bellator, whatever. The only real option for the 125ers is to go to one championship because there's no uh, uh, flyweight division at the PFL yeah. or in Bellator. So... All he's got really is one championship. So they have less of a kind of like strong bargaining position, but you would hope he'd get a payday because he looks like a really, really good fighter. That uh, wouldn't have I, done him any on that performance at the weekend, Blake. Oh, no. And I think he's on a six-fight win streak now with wins over, you know, Schnell, Minel Cup, uh, 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 Tim Elliott. So, you know, he's got big names on his resume. This guy could potentially fight for a belt in the future. Um in terms of that division, again, what goes on with Brandon Moreno now with the James Krause situation? Is he fighting Figueredo or not? Um, Pantoja's made a case that he should fight for a belt soon, and he's got two wins, I think, over Brandon Moreno. So he should be fighting for a belt. Then you've got the likes of Brandon Royval, 
and Kai Kara France, obviously coming off an interim title loss. Any of those, Brandon Royval, I think is maybe the fight to make for, for Nicolau, but you could have him fight Pantoja, then Nicolau maybe has to wait. Alex Perez is fighting um, Kai Kara France in Perth. Then if it goes wrong there, maybe he could step in. I don't know, but but Nicolau, it's a, it's a tricky position because there's a lot going on at the top end of that division. You don't know how things are going to shake up, but he's in there. And he looks yeah. legit and he, he should be given his chance to maybe prove himself as a number one contender next year. Absolutely. Great card. All round that was uh, yeah. Saturday night. Really good card. Okay. Well, look, we'll be back uh, soon with a look ahead to uh, this weekend's UFC 282. Uh, in the meantime, go subscribe uh, to wherever you get your podcast to listen to this. Um, go check out our back catalogue um, because amongst uh, names such as Angela Hill that we've, we've, we've mentioned on here, um, you can hear us chatting to Michael Bispin, Dan Hardy, uh, Derek Brunson we mentioned as well earlier. Uh, great chat with, with him. And uh, yeah, a big bundle of all your favourite fighters. So go and have a good old rummage in the archives because you'll find uh, some wonderful chats to be enjoyed. We're back next time. We are back next time. Thanks very much, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.